0: (laughs) Wow, you missed it.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, April tenth. You guys just missed it a second ago. Me, Tommy, and Enos were over here having a, a slight argument, and Madman started our music to test to make sure that everything was working, and we took it as our shut the hell up cue because immediately <laughs> it went quiet. And, <laughs> and then it went, and then the music faded out, and I realized, oh, we're not actually live? He's like, no, I was just making sure we were working. I'm like, oh, okay. Getting the levels, bro, getting
2: the levels. <laughs> well, I mean, I was winning the
1: argument. Well, no, you weren't winning. Actually, it wasn't even an argument. We were just... Um,
2: but whatever it was,
1: we I was, was winning.
3: I believe it was a mutual agreement.
1: It was a mutual agreement. We all did That like I was something. winning. All right, anyway. <laughs> Again, lost in the long box, Wednesday, April 10th. I am your host, Randall, followed with my guys Thomas. And Enos. I'm the madman on the board. How's everybody doing? Great. Awesome. All right. So um, we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight. But first let's get some of the necessary crap out the way. I'm sorry. <clears throat> How was everybody's weekend?
3: Well man, weekend was great.
1: Yeah, I had a good weekend. It's
3: good, it's good.
1: Awesome. I didn't have anything go wonky on mine, so that's always a good thing. All right, and let's get to some of the nose uh, nos, uh, noteworthy news items that I read over the last couple of days that I went, huh, that's kind of cool. Um, so speaking of cool, uh, Shazam made 50 million domestically on his first weekend, 150 million worldwide. And when I checked last night, it is still rating as 91% fresh on rotten tomatoes and I don't put any stock in rotten tomatoes, but apparently a lot of people still do. So,
2: yeah, excellent movie. Oh. Yep. Quite. Yeah. And one, one of the one of the best superhero movies out there, my right. personal favorite I would have to say. And in the what I like to call the No
1: Surprise Department, there's rumors that Shazam 2 is already being planned in the works after that opening weekend, and they've gotten screenwriter Henry Gayden, director David S. Sandberg, and producer Peter Saffron all back on board. Um, I take that to mean that they were already writing the script for S.A.M. 2 and just waited to actually get the word to go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, sounds (laughs) that way. Right. I mean, it was pretty obvious. Um, So one of my favorite stories last year, and I'm not the only one, a lot of people loved it, was um, Batman White Knight by Sean Gordon Murphy. Did you read that, Enos?
3: I saw it, but no, I did not oh, read it. Oh, you,
1: you need to get that trade paper back. Uh, basically, the whole premise is the Joker goes sane, um, and Batman is the one who starts losing his cool. Oh, uh, Really great story. But the reason I bring it up is because it was announced that he is now doing a sequel, Batman Curse of the White Knight, and this one's going to be part of DC's black label. Okay. Oh, so, uh, okay. So looking forward to that. Should be pretty good. Um, and again, and I'm, I keep butchering this guy's name, Kevin Feige, Feige whatever his name is for Feige. Mar- Feige? Feige, um, actually came out and told everybody of the MCU fans, you are not going to see X-Men for a long time. Don't chomp at the bit for it because it's probably not going to happen until at least 2021. I don't think they even got anything slated for next
2: year. Well, so. Fair no. enough. I mean, it's better for them to take their time and make sure it's done right. Right. Than and, to, and to brush it in. And
1: on, and on that note, um... I had no desire to see Dark Phoenix. I figured I'll just wait for it to come out on video. And then they dropped the second trailer a couple days ago. And so I said, well, I'm not interested in seeing this anyway. I went ahead and watched the trailer, and now I'm on board. I have not
2: seen it yet. Um,
1: So here's the thing about the trailer for the Dark Phoenix that actually sold me. They go ahead and make no bones about it, just decided, we're going to show you that a major character dies. They don't pussyfoot around it. They don't gloss it over. They straight up showing you, we're killing this character.
2: Since I haven't seen it yet, tell me who who it Uh, is. Well,
1: okay, so everybody out there who doesn't want to know earmuffs, uh, they actually show Mystique biting the dust. Oh, okay. Uh, It's a great scene, and I was like, you know what? If you're actually just willing to show us right off the bat that you're going to nuke one of the major characters, I'll I'll get on board. There you go. Um, And what they said is... They wanted to stress to the viewers, you know, and the people for the movie what's coming out. This is going to have consequences. There are going to be repercussions. So I'm like, oh, wow. I'm consequences act- and repercussions. Mm. So, that's This might up. be worth
3: a look after all.
1: Yeah. I, anyone who has not seen the trailer for the second trailer for Dark Phoenix, go out and look at it. Um, now, a friend of mine did say that um, it looks pretty much just like Last Stand all over again. In fact, it's the same director, mm. but just looks like a much better take on it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay,
1: so, so I I know Tommy Crinch when I said last end because that was the the worst that of the first
2: three original X Men movies. Yeah, well, it was so bad they retconned it out. So right. yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: but so far this new um, cast, I pretty much liked all the movies with the exception of Apocalypse. Apocalypse was just garbage. You should
3: have stayed Poe Dameron.
1: I really liked um, First Class. I actually liked um, Oh Days Day of, the of Future, Future Past. Was Loved good. it. Um, Apocalypse was just horrible. Uh, but again, this one looks
2: like it's going to be good as well. So. I'm not a big fan of who they got to play Phoenix. I'm Sophie huge, Turner. I'm not a huge fan. Not of those. a not a um, Game of Thrones fan, huh? No, no. I, I never watched a year, so
1: I'm right there with you. Um, no, but that makes three of us.
2: There you go. And other man, news, man, you want to Hot.
1: She's so hot, though. No one says she wasn't hot. Oh <laughs> no, you're good actor. Right? We're just we're just not. Right. Fans we just of not, this we're, show.
3: We're, we're we're not on board with the GOT. But since I, we're
1: speaking of hot Jessica actresses, Alba, Jessica Alba's hot. We're speaking of hot actresses in GMT, Not a great actress. I'm going to do a 180, and the one that I cannot figure out why everybody is so gaga over is Maisie Williams. What is with guys in that chick? Uh, okay, tell I me who she, who she is.
3: Who, who, is, is, or who she is? She the, is. Short,
1: the short thing with like the, the elf face and the, and the big fuzzy eyebrows.
3: Maybe maybe she looks hot without the makeup. Maisie I, Williams. Uh, I'm going to have to look her up. I'm not, looks I am look better not, with the makeup. Sure
2: you guys I'm Google saying. it up. Good yeah, Lord. I'm not, I don't oh. know who that is. I'll All right, so
1: her. in other news... Um, I think a couple weekends ago, a couple of weekends, a couple of uh, podcasts ago, we mentioned that Jonathan Hickman's coming back to Marvel with his two books. Um, what was it? Uh, uh, Power of X and Age of X. House of X, that's it. Um, so Marvel has actually released what the storylines are about those, and I'm a little bit confused on them. So, And I took this from a, another website, so apologies to you um, of the website, who I'm not going to mention on the air. Um, so House of X says, we'll see Charles Xavier unveil the master plan for mutant kind, one that will bring mutants out of the shadow of mankind and into the light once more. Okay. And then Power of X will pull back the curtain on the secret past, present, and future of mutant kind, changing the way you look at every X-Men story before and after.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. That sounds a little on the vague side to me.
1: They're both like,
2: okay. We're going to do something. That's basically what that told you.
1: Right. Didn't and I because I read that? And I'm thinking you told us absolutely nothing on that.
2: You should buy these because something is going to happen.
1: Buy them because they're X Men books and you love X Men kids. And, and apparently, they do. So, here's another one. Um, apparently, Loki's going to get his own series in July after War of the Realms wraps, and he'll be carrying Mjolnir.
2: Oh, so yes, Loki's going to be worthy enough.
1: But mm. well, here's here's the thing that's going to be kind of, I don't know how they're going to get around this, because Loki bit the dust in issue one of War of the Realms.
2: Well, he'll be back by the end, apparently. <laughs> so, yes. Did I, he I, really, though? He is yeah. the god of lies and mischief.
1: Well, uh, I just love that before War of the Realms is even done, they're telling you, by the way, he's coming back, and we're giving him Yoner. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Has
2: he got to be a, a man, a woman, or a child this time? Do we know? Uh, sh- Don't know. Because he's been all three. On the cover art, it looks like he's back to being... um
3: Regular Loki.
2: Would no, it, no.
1: He looks more like young Loki. It looks almost like they tried to make him look like, uh, oh.
3: Tom Hiddleston. Thank you. Thank you.
1: So, th- we they got that going on. Oh, and in the don't you feel silly department, remember last summer when Walmart was doing all those 100-page specials, mm-hmm. like the Batman one and the Superman and the Wonder Woman, and they were mainly yeah. all reprints with, like, eight pages of original story in all of them. Yes. And how everybody was buying them up from Walmart and flipping those things for, like, you know, 200, 200, 300 times what they were going for. They just announced that DC is going to make them available in your local comic shop as six-issue mini series for all three issues, for all three stories. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so they're taking the original stories, combining them, and you're getting the six-issue series, which are going to be out in the comic shop. There you go. So all you guys out there who bought those things and flipped them, you should feel guilty. And all those who paid twenty, thirty dollars for them, you should feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I don't. I shouldn't say that, but I remember when everybody was buying those things up. Like I got all the copies of my Walmart. I'm like, no, you They're didn't. They're mainly uh, reprints, guys. Why do you care? And trust me, the original story is going to show up someplace else.
2: But speaking of Walmart, did you see that there was a Captain Marvel number one? Oh, Art please, issue? why? That came out at Walmart. I got mine. What did you really? I sure did. You went and bought that thing. Yeah, I did. It was a nice cover. Is it a real? It's a nice cover. Oh, is that yeah. the is
3: that the Art Germ cover?
2: Yeah, the Art yes. Germ cover.
3: I saw that. Uh, now
1: don't get me wrong, Art gem's a great artist. Oh yeah, I, I
3: ain't gonna it. take nothing from Art Germ, but I ain't buying no doggone. I'm not. I'm. I'm just not into uh, ca- the, the Carol Marvel. The I, so far, Carol, Carol Davis, Marvel. Marvel. So Carol Marvel. We just renamed Carol her. Marvel. Carol Marvel. Marvel. <laughs> Say, so
2: so far, it's not been a bad read. I'm, I'm well, up, to, I was I'm up about to issue three. I was just about issue three. Oh, yeah, it's, it's up to okay. issue three. Yeah. It's been, it hasn't been a bad read. So I was mm-hmm. just
1: going to ask, is it a reprint of the original issue one that came
2: out in the store? It, yeah. It's, it's issue. It's issue one with the, uh, with art, with germ, with cover. The art okay, germ cover. Gotcha. Right. Really pretty art germ cover.
1: Now. And it's funny that you, that you mentioned that because I've been reading Catwoman and, and Joel Jones is really doing a really good job there. But everyone I bought has been the Archambault cover because I like them better.
2: Yeah, I have. I have her. I picked up issue number one of Catwoman the other day. I have not read it yet. I want to try to start getting into that because it, you know, especially with you know that. That's that the one. that
1: starts right after Batman Fifty when she dumped him at the yacht. Yeah,
2: I, I want to. You know, after seeing the the cover for issue twelve, I wanted to start oh, trying to get into it. That is such a beautiful looking cover.
1: Issue ten came out um, today, so I just yeah. picked
2: that one up. Also.
1: I started reading Supergirl because of the whole thing that they're picking up the the Rogel's all thing from Action Comics and r- rolled it over into Supergirl. But he's been doing art from coverage for those as well.
2: Yeah, I'm one issue behind on that. I need to read that. I might read that one tonight, but I am one issue behind Well. On that.
1: 23, 24, 26. One of those came out today. I can't remember the number. Sorry.
2: Okay, then I'm two issues behind yeah, because I have so. last month and I need to pick up the one that came out today. Yes,
1: just and, and I mean, like, literally just sit today. Um, another piece of news, and I know Tommy's going to give me crap about this, but let's put it in the don't care department. Tom King announced his next. Twelve issue miniseries is being worked on. That's following up his big series that he did on Mister Miracle and Vision. He hasn't told us what it is or or what company it's for, but just that it's a challenge and he's having fun.
2: But you've already pre-ordered all twelve issues, right? Damn right. That's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I could really
1: hate you. Sometimes. It's just like I
2: don't care who it is. <laughs> it could be you know Slug Boy, this magnificent slug. I, I want it. All you know twelve who? issues. Well, no.
1: He's never going to be able to improve what Jason
2: Fox did with Slug Boy, with Slugman.
1: Would, would, would you and buy boy. Would you
2: buy a twelve issue miniseries of Ambush Bug written by Tom Kigg?
1: Well, well, I might. I what? mean, <laughs> if he could, if what he could that? make that's my Tommy phone, not new his phone. So Google Siri answered.
2: went off on my phone. I don't know why Siri's not invited to this podcast. Apparently, I, so so she thought she was. No,
1: you know, you said Slugman, but have you ever read that the Comic Strip Foxtrot? No, I have not. Because that's kind of a comic book character that Jason Fox makes up: Slug, Slugman, and Leech Boy. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I thought no, I was just pulling that out the... of my rear end.
2: Nope, you weren't. Someone, okay.
1: someone has pulled it before you.
2: There you go. Uh, no, oh. I'm a twelve issue med- maxi series: Ambush Bug. I'll get Tom back King. to you. Uh, he's not saying <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> I'll give it. I'll do like a new most series. I'll give it to issue three or four before I decide if I'm going to stay with go. it or not. All right, new uh, new items that came out, new releases. Um, so. Bear with me here, because I just derailed. Uh, Boom Studios. I don't usually mention um, new comics from them, but today, Faithless Number 1 came out. Um, this basically is about a young woman named Faith who is dabbling in sex magic. You, you are familiar with sex magic. I don't need an explanation there, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's magic that. where the, the power is, is, impl- is gotten through sexual activities. So um, it's more like just sex. Right, exactly. There you go. Um, and then the series apparently, Hell catches their attention. She catches Hell's attention what well she's doing. So basically, it's a dirty book, guys. Um, and, and yes, I bought it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I picked it up today. Um, and I will freely admit that I even bought the black bagged version. So, so you can the, see the, the has, beauty. Well, no, it's, it's got the black card on it. So you can't actually see what it is without opening it and taking the card out. Ah, uh, okay. Just like uh, some of the other things out there. Uh, DC. Put out Justice League Aquaman Drowned Earth hardcover. Oh, man, I got to get that. Back back when we reviewed the Aquaman movie, I said, if you want to read a great Aquaman story, you've got to read a Drowned Earth story, and now's your chance, all collected in one volume.
3: I have a question. Did Kelly Sue DeConnick write that? No. Kelly, because I know she's on the current arc Kelly's, right now.
1: No. Kelly Sue took over after that storyline was over. Okay. She started with issue 43 or 44, I I, I want to say. Don't, don't quote me on that. But it actually picks up after Drowned Earth, because you know how Drowned Earth ended, right?
3: He lost his memory.
1: No, he lost his memory. Lost his memory, and apparently ends up in a whole other planet realm Right. Period,
3: so he's not. So, and that's what's going on with that. And uh, because I just started uh, picked that uh, Aquaman up uh, a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like he's starting to make his way back. Right.
1: I actually need to start getting the trade paperbacks of those when they come up, become available because Kelly Sue is a fantastic writer. Um, so I almost started reading Aquaman with that, but I I'll just wait for the the trade. Uh, Image Comics, Fair Lady number one came out today. Uh, the best way for me to describe this is it's fables meets Magnum PI. Oh, <laughs> wow, Higgins. <laughs> <They>
3: right.
2: <laughs> uh, it's basically,
1: I guess, there's like some type of war, like in a, in a fantasy realm, science fiction setting, and this woman, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer falls. Falls, F-A-U-L-D-S, was posing as a man to get into the war and, and fight. Well, now that the war's over and she's back home, she's like, okay, what do I do? I was in the army illegally, and so now how do I make a living off of this? So, yeah, she basically becomes like a private investigator. You and herself a
2: Hawaiian shirt, a right. Ferrari, and a bushy uh, mustache. And mm. that I took
1: that quote from, I think, the website for um, Image Comics, where they said it was like basically Fables meets Magnum P.I. And, and That could actually, be fun.
2: I might have to check that out. Who's
1: got... Am I the only one with a laptop today? Here's what's really great about it. Um, Madman, can you pull up Fable, the cover of Fables number no. one? If you remember the old Vant Dreadstar series from Epic Comics way back in yes, the day, yes, I do. The guy on the cover of Fair Lady number no. one looks a lot like Odie, the Cat Man.
3: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you'll yeah. know
1: you'll you'll know what I'm talking about when Madman pulls it up here. Uh, I would pull it up, but I'm actually reading my notes because you know someone's got to keep this stuff rolling. Uh, Marvel Comics. Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History number 1.
2: That's a hard pass. Well, it's a hard pass,
1: but you know what's going on. um, Cosmic Ghost Rider goes back in the past, I think, to kill Thanos and decides he can't do it. But he says, well, since I'm in the past anyway, I'm going to start playing around with some historic events. And I think the first one he's going to mess with is the creation of Fantastic Four. So it looks almost a little bit like a type of thing, but... more of a, a serious vein, I guess he's going to try and interfere with the Marvel history and realize I can't really pull this off. So who knows? It, it? could
3: it could be something, um, something that could be feasible because there ha- it was announced yesterday. Matter of fact, I read it last night that the Invisible Woman is getting her own series. I read that too. Yeah, she's
1: it's a six series, uh, five issue series, six mm-hmm. issues, something like that. Uh, and you know, don't get me wrong, I love the Invisible Woman, but she is not strong enough to pull off her own title. No, unless it's like you said. Go, Cosmic Rider does manage to defeat or change order of FF and it becomes just her. Right. But I, think the, I think but in any series series will be fine. But in the ad she's still wearing her FF it, costume right. with the 4 on it so who knows.
3: I mean, you know no matter what you try to do to the Fantastic Four, you we've seen many incarnations of it. Pro, uh, arguably probably the most popular incarnation was when She-Hulk took um came in for um in Sue's stead during her um Ill-fated pregnancy, but um, the uh, first family—you ain't, then you're gonna break them up. I don't. You're not gonna see them broken up. So no matter what they do, sooner or later they always find their way back to each other. And what's so good about the Fantastic Four and a true testament to their longevity is that no matter how how many times you break them up, when you bring them back, they come back stronger than before. All
1: right, um, and I found the cover to Fairly Number One. Enos I'm going to swing the laptop around. Oh okay. yeah! Now you remember Odie from Vance Dreadstar yep. in Epic Comics? Yep, yep. Did you see that, Thomas?
2: Okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. I, I didn't read Dreadstar, so it didn't uh, do anything for me. But you, you know, I'm you missed go- out on something, dude. I, I you know, got Jim I, Starlin. Got to be honest with you, that. <sighs> I was in high school when that came out, so you may have been a wee beastie. Well, if you were in high school, then I was in elementary school. Yeah,
3: that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah, because I was in the Air Force when that came out.
1: Because that story started in the classic Epic Illustrated magazine, and then I think it ran for like a good 12 or 13 issues, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was actually known as Metamorphosis Odyssey, and then when it was done, Epic Comics line launched, and Dreadstar was the premier title that started with that.
2: Because if you were in, let's say, the ninth grade, I would have been in... Kindergarten. Okay. Y- you know, just you don't to point that have out.
1: to constantly remind me how freaking old I am. I get it, okay? Well, you're not
2: old. You're just old in comparison to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, another one that, that launched, and I got to be honest, I wasn't really looking forward to this, but I may have to go pick it up. Um, Symbiote Spider-Man number one. Now, this is set in the past before Peter learns that the costume is actually an alien life form hell-bent on taking over. And I was like... That's kind of a hard pass. And then I read who the writer is. Peter David. Yes.
2: That's why I haven't picked it up yet, but that's, that's why I was considering picking it up. And, and Peter David by himself is enough to sell a
1: book like that. Yeah, I Believe it. So. And Greg Land is the, is the artist.
3: Yeah. Oh, snap.
1: So, yes, there's, there's two big names right there that just tells me, okay, I'm not really interested in picking that up, but that's the magical combination, and they can probably knock it out the park. I would
3: love to see him come back and do a few issues of Nightwing. Yeah, that Greg Land. It. Greg Land really put... Um, a lot of people won't... Everyone looks at Scott McDaniel, but uh, Greg Land is who put uh, Nightwing on the map when he did that initial series back in 90, 95, 96.
1: Right. So that that was everything that I saw that came out new today that I thought looked particularly interesting. I don't know if you guys saw anything out there you said, I might have to pick this up.
3: Oh, no. Um, I didn't get anything that this week. I got my stash from last week. I got my jim lee detective comics cover i took your advice my friend and i got the uh action comics oh, yeah. with uh heroes he in crisis yep and your favorite <laughs> oh <laughs> no. yes. Yeah.
1: so have you not been reading heroes in crisis
3: yes okay Yes, you have, or yes, you uh, yes, have I them? have. Okay, I started it, and I, I, I buy it. I just need to go ahead and read and get, you know, get oh, myself caught up. Yes,
1: I, I tell you what, he did a flip on it. That's really just kind of breaking my heart now. Damn you, Tom King! So,
3: oh snap! Oh, I got, I got, to look, I got to read this this weekend. This weekend was devoted to uh, watching Aquaman again because I haven't seen it since my lady friend and I went to see it back in December. So I made a point of watching that. And uh, I haven't read anything, but I'm gonna do some reading this weekend. I need—I actually still need to go buy Aquaman, and also I, I need to t- speak with you
1: after this show about a road trip we need to make this weekend if we can. Um, Madman, uh, you got to pay some bills. Turn on the air conditioning.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Lost in the Long Box is sponsored by Danny's Pizza and Subs. Check them out at dannyspizzaandsubs.com. Uh, they are located at one zero six five seven Spotsylvania Avenue. Uh, here in Fredericksburg, Virginia. They have a five-mile delivery radius from uh, that location, so apologies to our listeners in Auckland. Uh, Their number is 540-898-5008. They are open Monday through Thursday from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Fridays and Saturdays are open from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., and on Sundays they are open from noon to 8. As always, buy one, get one free pizzas at Danny's Pizza and Subs. Com.
1: You know, you, you say that they have a limited delivery area, and sorry to our listeners in Auckland. If you can f- actually find one subscriber in Auckland, I'll frickin' buy pizza mm-hmm. um, for us here at Los and Longbox for dinner one night.
3: Auckland
2: isn't that in Australia? New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. New Zealand. I thought it was Yeah, but if that's get- why I laugh, man. Like <laughs> <it> was- <laughs> that, that would be amazing if we were reaching someone in New Zealand. I would, I'd be pretty uh, happy about that. we
0: could probably show you some stats y- after the show. You
1: know what, subscribers? If Chris want to be out there in Auckland and New Zealand, please E-mails. email us at yeah. lostinthealabx at lawnbox So yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And, and then that'll put immediately put Randy in a hole because he has to buy pizza for the the studio.
0: Thank yes, please, uh, okay. listeners
1: from New Zealand. <laughs> so all right. Oh, this is going to be such fun. What what time is it? Can we? Oh, this is going to be such fun. So last week, as you guys obviously know, Shazam came out and Lost in the Longbuck crew. I went to go see it along with a few of our other friends. Um, but before we actually get to the review and what we think of the movie, guys, sing it with me.
3: Lightning from my hands! Lightning from my hands! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, guys, just to let you know, listeners, we are going to spoiler this. We're, we're not going to probably just go through and give you the whole storyline of what happens in the movie, but some stuff we're not going to gloss over if we want to talk about something that we like. Uh, I'm going to start off, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, this movie was, was fantastic. I mean, it's just flat out a good time. And I know there are some listeners out there who love all the Marvel movies. And yes, Marvel does make good movies. They've made some turkeys, too. You you have to admit it. Like, I can easily point at Iron Man 2 or Iron Man 3. Thor 2. Thor, Thor Dark World. Ragnarok didn't have a lot of fans. Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and Captain, you know me, Adrian, and I tell you, I tell you what. I looked up Captain Marvel last night by way of comparison, and it's seventy one percent fresh on
3: Rotten Tomatoes,
1: but audience is like only at fifty three percent. So, but well,
3: well, the general consensus on that movie, regardless of who loved it, who hated it, who could take it or leave it, they all give it a no higher than a seven.
1: Right, and I can tell you, when I, in preparing for tonight's show, when I went and looked up Shazam. It is ninety-one percent fresh and rock Tomatoes, and audience is at ninety percent. So it's not just DC fans love this movie. I I have seen some dedicated diehard Marvel film fans come back and saying this is a fun time.
2: Captain America is my favorite comic book character of all time. Love me some Steve Rogers. Captain America: The First Movie, loved it. Mm-hmm. Se- you know, the Winter Soldier, loved it. Civil War, loved it. I would say that, un, you know, being unbiased, I would say I probably like Shazam better than all three. Right. This is pr- uh, this is. Probably my favorite comic book movie. I loved it. I had such a great time. And I, and
1: it's like I said when you and you was talking about Captain Marvel. Uh, damn it, Captain America. I love Winter Soldier and I love Civil War. But the first movie to me was meh. You know,
3: it it, I, it, it dragged. I, right.
2: I think one of the reasons why it, I liked the first Captain slow. America. It was movie definitely a period so piece. I think one of the reasons why I loved it so much is because of my huge fandom of Captain America. That's yes. probably part of it because I'd been wanting a great Captain America movie for years, and I felt like I got it.
3: Right. Oh, so, no doubt, you definitely got that. And and I have to say, I'm going to be sorry to see him go. But Chris Evans epitomized hey, Steve hey, Rogers.
1: Hey, hey, hey! What movie are we freaking talking about? Here? <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about uh, Evans no. and Captain America. We're
2: talking about
3: Shazam. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: I, Shazam! I, 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 I just brought that up to you know okay. put it in perspective, and okay. I like this better than Captain
3: America. But but I uh, wanted focus. Um, Last week, Randy, remember I was telling you about um, how I was friends with Jackson Boswick, the Mm -hmm. uh, the Captain Marvel from the 74 series? I went on that where I've been going on his page for the past couple of days. When they introduced the trailer to Shazam during Comic-Con last summer, these folks tore that picture apart. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see it. You were the best, Captain Marvel. This movie has done made a turnaround in a lot of his friends and the fan base for the Shazam TV show. And, I mean, I'm talking about a major, major turnaround. These folks are giving Zachary Levi props, the movie. And, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you, if you want to go and watch a movie, if you're a comic book fan, cool. It's a plus point. If you ever want, want, if you wanted, if you liked the new Fifty Two, um, hardcover, you're gonna love it because it's because this is one of the few comic book movies that actually sticks to the source material. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, but most importantly, if it's um, if you want a good laugh, you it, this movie gives you everything that you're looking for in a film. And it's a wonderful mixture, and it's never overdone. But I got to say this: we got to give some major props to Mark Strong because he gave us a Savannah that we've always wanted to see. Right.
1: Because in the comics, let's let's face it, he's like a little short, you know, bald mad scientist. It's like, well, you can probably just beat this guy by just flicking. Him, exactly. You know? And they said, okay, we can't just have him be a mad scientist. we got to put him on a power level that's right. on par with, with Shazam. Um, and I'm sorry, listeners, I'm just going to call him Captain Marvel because he—that's
3: he for who he
1: was Captain Marvel. And the day will come when DC is going to revert back and call him Captain Marvel and go back to what they did in the 70s where it says Shazam on the cover and refers to him as Captain Marvel in the pages. Um, I tell you, one of the things I really loved about this movie, actually two of the things I loved about this movie, um, it had the one thing that I, and I'm sorry, that I have not seen from any of the Marvel movies. Any of them. And that was a strong tie to Family is Important. Oh, and, yes. And Don't yeah. Abandon Family. And, and Family is What Keeps You Grounded. Right. Name me one Marvel movie that has stressed Family the way this one did.
0: Not stressed. it. Um, they've mentioned it. I mean, yes. uh, even Steve Steve Rogers, he was anachronistic anachronistic... Uh, uh, I think they tried to do something with Hawkeye, with his family.
3: Mm-hmm. Right, but that's uh, with uh, Major Voltron. I think that's the closest thing they ever come to yeah. that concept of family.
0: And uh, even like Scarlet Witch, you know, her brother died in the same right. movie they're introduced. So, but mean.
1: yeah, I mean, this one, I mean, part of the entire, part of the premise of the story is, is a man finding his family, a boy finding his family. Uh, yeah. And the other thing that I really love, and, and you rarely see this, you might have seen it in the very first Captain America, Tommy, is... We got to see the origin of the villain before we even saw the hero. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, even though he didn't become, you know, who he was until later on, the, the way he was paid for Savannah, and you discovered that he was actually their first attempt that didn't work. Right. And the Wizard Shazam said, oh, no. It, 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 it was like Los, you know, the Lost you know, Los Crusade. I've chosen poorly. <laughs> well,
2: mm-hmm. they, showed, they even went back even further than that because they showed Black Adam in the beginning. Right. And, you know, that that's why there was no.
1: Well, no, they don't show you Black Adam in the beginning. Well, not after Billy, after Billy shows up, that's yeah, when you're he right, says. Yeah, you right, you're right,
2: they came out later. They, they chose. He says, we,
1: we had chosen another. Now, the other champion had come before Savannah. Right. But you don't find out about him until after and Savannah.
3: And they don't and until they Until Billy shows him. up and right. they don't name him. But, but you know. Right. You know who he is. You know who he well, is. And I you, got some news about Black Adam, too.
1: They give you the graphic and it's so obvious.
3: Black oh, yeah. Adam. Yeah, it's Black Adam. Oh, yeah, Definitely.
1: What, what's your news on Black Adam?
3: Uh, Dwayne Johnson says filming will begin next year. Yes, because
1: he's getting a solo film before they do Shazam. Right,
3: two. right, and uh, apparently, so so that means which is good that he's not going to be in Suicide Squad. 'Cause you know they, they were saying they were going to introduce him in the next Suicide Squad film. And I kinda wish that they didn't. I think Black Adam is too great of a character yeah. to be part of an ensemble. He's right. got a great story and that that enough is in his in, uh, is worth being seeing itself.
0: Yeah, he's a character who could carry a
3: solo movie. I he could, right. Yeah, he could definitely yeah. carry a solo movie. Well, and here's my only only concern
1: is Man of Steel. Batman versus Superman, Justice League, everybody's complaining about how dark the DC universe is. They're too dark, they're too depressing. You've got to be really be careful with a Black Adam movie, or you can fall right down that right down that precipice again. How,
0: however, they could have gone down that path if they went too too in depth with the seven deadly sins. Right, right. exactly. With the Shazam movies, so right. I mean, I think that they were able to keep it light enough. We get the one
1: horrific moment down. in the boardroom at in Savannah boardroom, yeah. and right. then, and then after that, we don't see them get that. Gruesome. Well, have
3: you guys noticed that there's an interesting trend with the DC movies? Just um, with the exception of Patty Jenkins, all of the DC movie DC Cinematic Universe films that have been hits were directed by um, acclaimed horror directors. Maybe they need yeah, horror James, directors. Yeah,
1: James Wan did. That
3: maybe they maybe they need to start recruiting more horror directors to um, direct these films because they're going to give us a whole different take and something right. that we need to see. Well, well, and since you said that, remember
1: uh, James Gunn, who's now doing Suicide Squad 2. Was known for doing Slithers way back in the day right. before he got famous off of Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a, a B horror movie. Right, might even been a C horror movie. Well, that's <laughs> what I mean.
0: It's like even superhero comic books in comic book movies, um, they can have like a, s- a certain type of theme. The story, the story could be a romantic story, you know, and you may need a romantic director, or a drama director, or you know, there are elements of sci-fi in comic books. There are elef- elements of horror in comic books. So I mean, if you're doing say like um, a swamp thing movie, you would want probably a horror director.
2: Right. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. I
0: think it's wise for studios to do that. And
1: Mad Men, you actually hit the nail right on the head. The way you make a great Black Adam movie is you start him off as a hero and then you show the death of Isis because, in remember, in the whole New 52, well, even before that, in the the whole 52 thing with uh, World War 3, Isis gets revamped and she's Black Adam's lover. Um, And then her brother becomes Osiris. You show him starting off as a good guy, showing the death of ISIS because of all the criminals escaping his country, and uh, that's when he like tells the rest of the world, "You're not doing anything about these criminals that come into my country, and now my loved ones are dying as a result of your incompetence." And then you do the, the twist, w- war against the world, and that can bleed right into Shazam too. Right.
2: Well, he was always at best an anti-hero, even when uh, he was a exactly. hero. Exactly, right. You know, right. Because he had no problem killing somebody.
1: Yeah, well, even there's that, that that really short stint when he's a member of the Justice Society. Yeah.
2: And, and they're constantly reminding him, you know, you
1: know, Black Adam, we're, we're not killing anybody here. The thing I really love about that is the entire time he's in that thing and they're all gathered together, you know, in the Justice Society, he's always floating. He's never on his feet. Nope. <laughs> as if he's almost saying, I'm, I'm above you mortals and I'm not going to stand on the same ground as you.
2: Well, and I mean, that's... Definitely his opinion of it. Right. right, I mean, he, you know, you know, read a little bit of his comic. He's but, definitely, I mean, full that's of himself. always
0: been a question of mine. It's like, if you could fly, why would you walk anywhere? Right.
1: Well, and that's a great thing in Shazam. Um, okay, listeners, earmuffs, because we're about to spoil something big time here. When the Shazam family shows up, Freddy is the one who's constantly flying. And that was a thing in the comics they played on because he was crippled when he was Captain Marvel Jr., he wasn't standing on the ground. He had the freedom to move, and damn it, he was using it.
2: Yeah. Well, why wouldn't but, he? You know, right? I would. I mean, he gives a great speech, and in, in, you know, d- during the movie about you right. know people only seeing him for that, right? And you know, and that's
1: that, that was one of the things that Tommy brought up that I actually loved is I was wondering if they was actually going to have the jealousy angle play if they was going to actually touch on it, and I was so happy when he says, "You're just jealous that it's me and not you," and he turned around and said, "You're damn right, I am," mm. and I'm like, "Wow, they're actually not going to sh- shy away from it; they're going to tackle it head on." Yeah. Because they could have easily glossed that over.
2: Yeah, they could have easily. And, I mean, you know, he, he makes some valid points when he, when he talks about that, you know.
1: And that's another one. And this, this is actually funny. Um, so the opening scene, when we see Billy get lost and his mom doesn't find him, when we saw it the first time on a 23rd in a sneak peek, I remember watching that and I'm thinking to myself, no, this isn't right. In 1970 standards, there was a lot more morals than today, and a mother's not just gonna let her son disappear like that. And I remember thinking to myself, she's abandoning him. And later on, we find that's what that's, that's what, what happened. Yeah. So when we went to go see it again, I'm sitting next to Madman, and as this is happening, Madman goes, "Where's the mother?" And I had to tap him and go, "It's coming back."
0: <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, seriously. Where, what what is that woman up to? Where is she?"
1: Because he had the exact same thought I did. No, in the seventies, your parents just didn't lose you that easily. They, she should have been looking for him. Mm-hmm, right. So, and I didn't want him to spend the next hour and a half going. Okay, well this is crap already. So this is why I tapped him. Said it's going to come back,
2: and he's like, okay. And I like the fact that you know later on we found out that his his father's name was C.C. Batson. Yes. I Beck. thought that was um, yeah C.C. Batson. Yes. Yeah, I, I like I like how they did that shout out to C.C. Beck. That was right. that was great.
0: I like how they're recycling these actors from other movies. Right. You know, and making it convincing, you know, so I mean, it's uh, yeah, I think that's good. I mean, you were talking about Mark Strong earlier and um, how his, if you just isolated his performance in the Green Lantern movie,
3: oh my god, yes,
0: I mean, he, oh, he did that's an right, I forgot job. he was
3: Sinestro, Sinestro. yeah,
0: mm-hmm. he was excellent at Sinestro with what they they gave him at, in terms of the script, I mean. It, and so it's good to see him playing a villain in a good comic book movie because I mean that guy can play a villain. Yes. I mean, even when, uh, like, what Sherlock Holmes? I mean, he played an excellent bad guy in that.
3: You played uh, Moriarty in that?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: So you reminded me of something else you said about recycling these these actors and these characters. I will have to look it up because I unfortunately I didn't make note of it and I didn't put their names down. But two of the Shazam family. We're also going to be in the Justice League movie that was filmed Cotrona. in Australia that got canned because DJ Controna was playing Superman, right? And he now plays Pedro's right. Shazam in this one. And the other actor who I can't remember was also I think he was Flash in the Justice League that got shown that got canned.
3: I think so.
1: But yeah, so it's the same type of thing. And that was another one where they didn't realize when they cast him, like, oh crap, you guys were already supposed to be superheroes, right?
2: I think one of the reasons that um you know. Strong makes makes such a good villain in this movie, and
3: you know, and he made a good villain as Sinestro. When you
2: kind of look at him,
3: he looks like a villain. Yeah, oh, yeah he know. he is definitely a malevolent somebody. And I still say he, second to Billy Zane, they missed out on. Uh, I got nothing against Jesse Eisenberg, but uh, I'm sorry, but uh, Mark Strong yeah he looks ab- like a is is more of a Lex Luthor than. Uh, um. Then uh, Jesse Eisenberg is. Yeah, he could play in a movie as
2: like the romantic lead or something like that as a good guy, and I'm gonna be suspicious of him the whole movie. <laughs> right. He looks like he's, like, you know, like like they like they said in Shazam when they were talking about Freddie, he just looks like he's up to something. He's <laughs> scheming. Right. Hey, didn't didn't that movie make
0: magic look super easy to learn? Yes, oh, it yeah. did. Right. <laughs> right. And uh,
1: so which and it, and actually, it's funny that you said that because I don't. I didn't catch this. I had to go research this and find it on, on the other me- website that I'm not going to mention. This actually set up Justice League Dark because in the Rock of Eternity, when they open all the doors, the article said, you realize that's basically Dr. Fate's Tower of Eternity with all the doors. I'm like, holy crap, and I didn't bing- le-
3: oh, yes. I make wow, that connection. I didn't think
1: about that. Right. It's the Shazam oh. family lair. Right. Um, and then some of the creatures you see in it, like the crocodiles, are from the Old Shazam, oh, a, yes. But the door with the tentacle that comes out—that is straight out of like Swamp Thing story and John Constantine and Justice League Dark. I'm thinking, holy crap, I didn't catch any of that, and they did.
2: There you go.
3: Well I what I hope they do, I can't. I think I think it's Udo Care. The, the guy who's the voice of uh, Dr. Fate on the Justice League Unlimited cartoon. Right. And I hope they get him to... Uh, to at
1: least do the voice for Dr. Fate?
3: Uh, or b- play the character. I think he would do awesome. Well, I, I don't know what he looks like, so... It's um, Oh, God. But he was... Hold on. You, you know what would have been
2: better than having the, the talking crocodiles in, in, in the door? What? Mr. Talky Tawny. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that's what the title was all about. Yeah. Um, for you yeah, guys
3: yeah, well, the, the, well, I am going to say the tiger was, the whole purpose of the tiger was, was, Tawny. A, was for Tawny
2: I mean I know they did a shout out you
1: to you know Talking Tawny right so Madman shake Shaker said no in the 1970 comics um, one of the characters that we somehow get in the human world is a talking tiger he goes and, back to the golden age and, and he does yes he does oh, go back wow. to the golden age but it was Talking Tawny he was literally a talking tiger wearing a suit I don't remember the origin I just remember that okay you had the Shazam family and the tiger so that was a nod to Talking Tawny in the beginning when he says, I want the tiger. Right. Then and then later on when he gives it to the little girl. When he
2: gives it mm-hmm. to the little girl. So they did do a shout out to him, which is nice. But it, it would have been nice to see Mr. Talky Tawny when he Actually,
3: Mr. Tawny came about, there was an old hermit that lived in the jungle. And he befriended uh, Tawny when he was a regular tiger and became his pet. He somehow created a serum. That enabled him to strengthen his vocal cords, so he could communicate like everybody else. But the um, the serum that he created enabled him to walk upright as well. <laughs> so so that's how Mister to- um, the old hermit died. And I think I'm, I'm not sure how he bomb. Um, I know Captain Marvel. Or some or someone found him, but he made his way into the city and became arguably probably one of the more popular members of the um of the cast of the, sh- of, of the Captain Marvel comics. Y- you gotta love the Golden Age I was gonna say, that, there not <laughs> to more Golden age than that.
0: So, uh, I thought Darla stole every scene she was in. Darla was,
3: was yeah. And you know what? <laughs> she, that little girl Darla. was so
2: adorable. Right? She talks a lot when she's uncomfortable. Right. right. And and then, she's almost <laughs> never Uncomfortable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and she was uncomfortable when like uh, uh, they told her you have to keep this secret, and she was just all bottled yeah, I up. Keep, keep
2: la- secret! <laughs> <laughs> she was
0: just so bottled up. She like, you well, figured it out. I can finally talk about it. I'm. It was good like sister. you
2: figured it out all on your own.
0: Well,
1: the part that I love is Darla, who throughout the whole movie is just going a mile a minute because she just can't contain it. Billy and Freddie are having an argument at dinner over what a superhero should be doing, right. and Darla is shoving food just, <laughs> in her mouth I to keep from to saying talk.
2: anything. Darla, you've been unusually—you are like, I'm eating. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: Uh, she was adorable. Grown up, Darla was pretty cool too. When Absolutely. she, talk, when she oh, talked, what yeah. to, she talked to Santa. I've been well, a she really captured good girl this. She year. captured
1: the essence of Darla perfectly. <laughs> she did. Yeah. She did a great job. Like when she caught one of the first one, she's like, "I caught you."
3: <laughs> and when she got Santa, she was like, "You know, I've been really, really good this year." <laughs> <laughs> right. Dead serious. Yeah, that was great. I thought that that was one of the funniest scenes in the movie.
2: Absolutely. Well, for me, I love that when he first said Shazam, and he becomes, you know, Captain
1: Marvel. And then I said to her the whole time, now how's he going to change back? Because they hadn't even addressed it or, or Freddie hadn't asked, how do you become Billy again? Right. It was just out there like, okay, I guess he's just um, you know, going to be accepting that he's stuck in this form. And then he starts talking to Donald. No, no, you don't understand. This wizard made me say Shazam and then bang, it happened. Yeah. And I said, okay, that is classic because he doesn't even know what's going to happen when he says it. Mm. <laughs>
2: I thought I thought there was a lot of u- good use of him you know, switching back and forth, Captain. And I love the, the way they did that, especially
1: too. when Savannah's attacking him at the mall, and he realizes I'm overpowered. I don't know what I'm doing. He changes to Billy, and he just escapes with the crowd. Disappears I, with that the crowd. was that was brilliant. Was and I yeah. love
0: I love the uh, the burn holes of the lightning bolts. Oh yeah, every time he changes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, what, what are the be- one of the best parts, though, as far as changing it, too, was when he had to go to the bathroom. Oh, that was fantastic. And he, and he walks in there, and he can't figure out how to get out of the seat, and he just yells, Shazam! And front of the Billy, takes his pee, Well, yells, no, Shazam, the, no,
1: the best part of that is he says, Shazam! The lightning hits the, the, the restroom, and you see the one guy... run running. out of- <laughs> <Not> <laughs> That was a fantastic <laughs> You're like, scene. He's like, what the hell was that?
2: <laughs> that was a fantastic because scene. Because
1: just before that, you even hear Billy's voice going, how do I... Oh, forget it. Shazam! Shazam! <laughs>
3: That this was is the great. guy, Odette fair. Okay, um, and and
1: and I'm derailed. We want him to play Doctor Fate. Doctor Fate. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, he could pull that off. Kent Nelson. I that, can see that.
3: Yes, indeed. But um, what another thing that I liked about this movie that I think is one of the things that's reeling in everyone because I think it's um not not I think. But, general, but the general complaint is, I've read from people, is that, you know, he's supposed to have the wisdom of of so Solomon, Solomon. He's exactly. not supposed right. to be an, be, be an idiot, what have you. People need to understand something. There's a difference between wisdom and, and, and maturity. Intelligence, right? Intelligence and maturity. Exactly. Right. And, and if you notice, one of the great things that I liked about this movie, they didn't spend a lot of time on it, but when Captain Marvel started realizing the responsibility that came with what he would be with the potential he had been given. Did you notice he started making better decisions? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yep.
0: He had been farting around at first, just right. trying, like trying for, for, Spare change performing for spare change. Well, exactly. like, like
2: when he saves the bus, and Freddie right. and Freddie points out, he goes, I caught that bus. Well, you caused the problem, right? But I caught it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: And, and 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 props definitely to Zachary Levi for being able to be a grown man and still give off give a give a off to people that he's still that he was occupied by by a 14-year-old. Yeah, yeah, he's actually 15 years old. It was great. And um, I don't know if you guys paid any attention to this, and I hope. But, but uh, did y'all notice when they uh, you know, tried to get to where they wanted to be when the Savannah was at, when they were at the Rock of Eternity when they were trying to not open all the doors, and they wound up at the Gentleman's Club. Yeah. And the one kid said, "Not my thing." Right. Yeah. CBR, you gotta love them. That they're hinting that that's the first gay superhero. I, and, yep. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's Why? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I mean, let's let's. We
2: let,
1: have to appeal to all the audiences out there, and
2: well, I mean, one way or the other, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, just right, you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, it, it, is tol- it, is, it,
1: it is totally believable that a guy can say it's not my
3: thing and be straight. Well, I mean, here's one right here before right. puberty, right? As well. Right, exactly. And I mean, like, p- because to me, he was more concerned about getting good grades and losing the weight right that right. was because that seemed that like that was more than more that will that was what he was into so that's really not a fair assessment to go and and because of, per, truthfully i think they're reaching on it yeah that's no, a hell of a reach yes. it, it is it is it's a reach it's it, it's not something that's definite and you know it's certainly not necessary no it's not it's not and it's especially like you know um, I don't know if you've ever got to get off subject here, but you know, there was a campaign going on, find Captain, give Captain America a boyfriend, want him and Bucky to be together. I'm like, really?
0: Yeah. Wow. Hate- That's almost.
3: Pedophile, creepy. Because yeah, yeah. yeah, because those guys are like brothers. Well, Bucky was a young boy when he
1: became Captain America's sidekick too.
3: Well, no, they're just basically looking at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Universe. Oh,
2: yeah, they're talking about the movie universe.
3: And, and and I'm like, okay, guys, you y'all really need to pump your brakes and chill on this. <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, create your own characters, but don't be sitting up there doing that stuff. That's crazy. But 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 man, I'm going to tell you, my um. I went to a function the other night, my Monday night as a matter of fact, and a young lady told me, who I know personally told me, she said Shazam was like a breath of fresh air. It was. It was, and, and, and I'm surprised that it's not bringing in more than what it is. but But, but I think more as time goes on, I think th- this movie is going to have real serious well, following.
1: I don't know what the production cost was on it. I would like to think it's probably going to a- at least exceed production.
3: It's, gon- it's 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 made its money because they said it was one of the most economical films that they did because they say it cost about less than a hundred well, million to make.
1: Well, remember they didn't spend a lot on sets. Um, there's a lot of set reuse in that, right? Um, but I think word of mouth is going to carry into the next weekend mm-hmm. um, because I think there's a lot of people who decided I'm not going to see that and have friends, you know, like us who are telling them, "Oh, you really got to see Shazam." Oh, I was just going to wait for that. Oh no, trust me, it's really good. And with Easter weekend coming up next week, oh mm-hmm. yeah. And I tell you, you know what? I also really love the part that, and I'm so glad that they addressed this because you see this in every superhero movie where the fight stops. And the villain has to give his soliloquy of why he's doing what he's doing. Oh, that and was hilarious! And they're always like on two different rooftops, but yet somehow they're having a conversation. And then this one, Shazam's
2: like, "I'm, I'm sorry, what? Are, are you What'd saying you something? Say? You, you're like a mile away, guy. I, I can't hear you." <laughs> yeah, Shazam doesn't have super hearing. Right. What?
1: Well, uh, there's a lot of heroes in those movies who don't have super hearing either, but yet they somehow hear the villain. T- you know, wax poetic about what he's doing.
0: Well, it's just did 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 Doctor Savannah, Did he um? Did he just
2: assume that he had Superman-like he, powers? He must have. He must I did. I so.
3: <laughs> he must have did. Yeah, but
2: but and k- yet he goes on to this big,
3: long speech. That's
2: a you know, pretty, for- pretty impressive speech, you know, I will yeah, say. But but when I like, when
1: Billy it. just goes, and you know, I took it, oh, screw it. And he just yeah, has. exactly.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's like every single gag was appropriate, and it, was, it even... Even that particular scene is like they're poking fun at the genre itself, right? And
1: yeah. that, and that's what was really great about it. A lot of what they what was funny about it was them poking fun at the superhero genre. It's like uh, look, there's that classic scene in the lunchroom when Freddy's saying, it "says What super parody want? flight?" Right? Everybody picks flight. You know why? Because you can fly well, away, away from, from this conversation. conversation.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean the movie. This movie is some of the most fun I've had at a theater in a long time. Well, it was I a liked, fun movie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. And I like how that there's this culture of uh, superhero fans that you see. is like these kids. is like, yeah, I paid a lot of money for this batarang. Batman, right. they used or something like that. And then later on, it's <laughs> thrown yeah. at Savannah's head. <laughs> yeah. That was great.
1: And well, so, uh, yeah, I, That okay. is such a great scene, too, because the sins have all come out. And then that's when Billy notices, hey, you're yeah.
3: bleeding. The you're, wisdom of Solomon. Yeah.
1: And that's when he know. notices that I know how to hurt you
3: now. The wisdom of Solomon. Yep, it was, exactly, exactly. And just like I said, you, as the movie went on, and he came to understand what he has, he made better decisions. Even, and even uh, making the Marvel family, he, ex- he figured ex- that out. He figured that no, out, right. and and I loved it when he said, "You know, there's I've seen the deadly sins." I ain't count
1: but six of them. Right, and that was another great part because yeah. he's like, "Aren't there supposed to be seven <laughs> a, of you
2: guys?"
3: Right, and he said, "Oh, I know it." And it, it, it was just how you, he baited him. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you got to give Zachary Levi credit. This guy has some of the great, greatest comedic timing of Indeed. anyone, and the way he baited Mark Strong and getting envy out. It was like it's in you because you're not good enough. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, and he basically pulled the no one wants to play with
2: puny little envy. With envy. <laughs> yeah, he, he played up what you know he needed to play up.
1: And, and what God was, was funny out. is that at no point does Havana go, don't fall for it.
2: Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> and, and one of my favorite lines is this is and he, when he started talking about lust, and he goes, and I got
3: to say, I was expecting a lot more. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that, it's like lust to be a hottie.
3: Right. And you were talking about Madman when, when the Marvel family showed up. The best part was like he said, okay, guys, here's, and, and I want – he said, He said, now, look, put your ha- – all you guys put your hands here and look and say my name, Billy! <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 what I say when I, when I become this guy?
1: <laughs> and let me tell you what, that is such a great scene because at first the smoke clear, this before the smoke clears, all yeah, you see yeah, are six balls. lightning bolts. Oh, exactly. exactly. And I was like, ooh. And here's what was funny is – and, and sorry, listeners, there'll be a tad bit of language here. The first time we saw that in a Marvel family showed up, I turned around to Tommy and went, I got a Woody. Yeah, I got a nerd bonus. <laughs> and, and then as it was happening, I thought Mad Men had suddenly regressed to
3: eight because he was sitting there girl clapping. <laughs> I was just, I'm so excited. Happened. I was like, awesome. He was like, yes, yes. When I first saw that, I was like, I was like no, no, did not. No, no. Yeah. And then when you saw that smoke, and I was like, yes, yeah, yes, we <laughs> right. and, and all I wanted to see, I believe it or not, out of everybody, I wanted to see Freddy. Yes. I yes. Mean, because I always loved Captain Marvel Jr. growing up. Right. I always thought Captain Marvel Jr. was cool. but And to see Freddy, man, and you guys made an excellent point. Freddy was the one. Did you know Freddy once he started flying? You noticed he floated. He never came back oh, yeah. to the and ground. He rarely,
1: didn't, he rarely touched the ground because he wanted, now that he actually had the use of his legs, he didn't want the use of his legs. Right. He, he wanted to fly. Although that is great when uh, he said, I've studied the fighting techniques that every superhero on the planet. What do you got? Oh. Well, that's just terrifying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and and, he, and but he acted like he was scared. He just took off and ran. But I loved it when he got the bullies back. And when he got rescued them from the Ferris wheel, oh yeah, he was (laughs) flying. Hey, you ever heard the suitcase wedgie?
1: (laughs) Well, and I also love the part when the Ferris wheel is falling over, and Pedro's like, "I got this, I got this, I do have (laughs) this, you got this."
2: (laughs) That was great. The only thing that I complaint I have about the movie, and it's not really even a complaint, is you know, for franchise purposes, these kids are eventually going to grow up. Right, and well, that's going to be the end of it.
1: And that's part of why they said they've already started talking to sequel because it's like, okay, yeah, you, you know a, how fast you, kids grow. Right, in there. You, have a, you have to do. Asher Angel is going to look twenty in in six months. We, yeah,
2: <laughs> right. right, yeah, they're they're going to have to do this quick to get right. more movies out of it, and right. you know that's really right. the only the only bad because thing about especially
1: it. when they start filming and the little girl who plays Darla. Is now suddenly going to look like she's twelve yeah, and yeah, like she's what be like is a she, wasn't
2: she like taller. four? Right, <laughs> right. And I mean, part of the part of the draw of Darla is you know that she was a little girl, right? You know, and, and she was just you know that innocent little girl. And to me, she been. stole
3: the show. Yeah. She did. Oh yeah, she stole the show because how could you not love her?
1: Exactly. She was the flirking of this
0: movie. Yeah,
3: yeah. She was good. Well, actually, she was the heart and soul of that family because she believed in that more than anything else.
0: She was the nail. Yeah. Yep. Like exactly that, yeah because like
1: yeah. she because well remember she goes right up and she hugs Billy and he's like well I'm not really your brother and she's like you know that hurt her feelings yeah. because right. she's like don't you understand I'm the one person in this family who's making you feel like family right from the get-go
3: exactly uh, yeah. and, I, and and I also love you know we're getting back to that I loved how that evolved also you know it, it, it I'm you, you felt bad for him. But he un- he came to understand that that was his only family, and right. the only family that made him feel like family. So right. that that was great. And uh, the big dude um, that played the um, Foster father, with, I, they say he was uh, he plays in, uh, in Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. He's in Walking yeah. Dead. Yes. Um, I thought he was back. one of the Usos. I'm not...
0: Yeah, I think that that was an uh, excellent portrayal of family, especially Foster family. Right and the people who are brave enough to raise these kids. Right. And it, additionally, um, you get to see a lot of these kids at different phases of their uh, development. you got little Darla, who's just the sweetest thing, in love with everybody, and then you get to see the one who's graduating and getting into a school. Right, married. Yeah, and so I think that that's excellent. Is like it shows a, a actual working foster home and how you can go from being an orphan to...
1: Right, and it even shows how how understanding you have to be because they, when they thought Billy has run away, they're not angry, they're not you know reprimanding him, they're not punishing him. They're like, hey, we went through the same phase. We know he's going to come around if we just let him. Type of deal. It wasn't right. immediately like, why are you running away? You know, you're con- you know confining in a room, blah blah blah. It's like he needs the same understanding and love we got when we were growing up. Right. So here's here's a really big reason I love this movie. Um, when I was a kid reading comics, you know, when I was like 10, 11 years old, I always thought, "Man, I would really love to be Superman. I would love to be able to fly through the city." And that movie made me feel the way I did when I was exactly. ten. Oh yeah, oh yes, exactly. no doubt,
2: no doubt. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. It makes you feel like a kid, and right. that's always a good that's a good thing, you know. Yeah, well, m- I'm not we- gonna
3: we- lie. I got the same thing from this movie that I got from the first Superman film.
1: Oh, oh yes.
3: But you believe a man can fly, okay. and it was like you know. My, it's just great. My absolute favorite scene
1: is after he found out that his mother just didn't care and abandoned him and he gets a call from Freddy and you hear Savon on the phone and Freddy's yelling, bad
3: guy, villain, villain, uh, villain! Uh, villain! Villain! villain,
1: and he's running off the building and he just, I love how he knows that, how to use his powers. He's it's not, he doesn't have to stand still and then transform and then fly off. That, and runs, that was great. He jumps off the building and changes as he's dropping, knowing, yeah. trusting that the power is going to show up. Yeah. Because he does that great Shazam and, and arcs back out and flying. That's that was just shot. fantastic.
3: Yeah. That, oh, yeah. that was
2: great. Yeah. This, this, like I said, this is probably my favorite superhero movie
0: Yeah, you said ever. that earlier and I've and been thinking. I've been struggling in my brain. You've been if trying to find one to talk, it, it, right? I can't.
2: I yeah, can't, I, give me a couple days, maybe I'll come up with. A yeah, I mean, bit. what what one's better? I mean, maybe the first Superman,
1: the first Superman. Yeah, um, I will actually throw the very first Spider-Man into the ring because I really love the way that was done. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and and here's another thing, and and I don't want to say this, but I've been trying to find. Where's the big flaw? Where's the big thing that's wrong in this movie and I can't
2: find it. Me well, either. And well, I just told you the only problem I had with it and it's really not a problem with the movie. It's just that, you know, you you know if you're going to put out sequels, you got to do them quick. Um, right. right. It and, may
0: not age well.
2: Yeah. I mean it's possible 20 years from now, but Right. But I mean it, you know, you know it, when we watched it, like I said, it made me feel like a kid again and that's a good thing.
1: So, I, I, I'm i ready for a third viewing. I just got to figure out when it's going to be. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm oh,
3: yeah, because, like, I'm... Um,
1: Madman's laughing. I'm totally serious. There's going to be a third
3: viewing
2: Oh, oh definitely. I
3: mean, it, it is for me, but, but, but see, I'm taking my lady for it. I told her, but, honey, I see this movie. When, I, it,
2: when it comes to this movie, I'm going to do something I haven't done in a long time, and that's buy the Blu-ray. I, well, I was going to
1: tell you, usually when I buy a Blu-ray of a movie, I don't buy it when it comes out. I say, I'll wait till it drops down a few dollars before I buy it. I'm buying this one the day it, it comes, comes out. Full yes, price sir. I, I did the same thing with Wonder Woman. It came out. Didn't care. Give it to me. I don't care if it's $25. I want it. Yeah. Uh, and this is going to be one of those. So, yeah, listeners, yes, I will freely, freely admit I'm a DC fan, but I love a lot of Marvel movies too. Some of them are really fantastic, but I'm, this movie is, bar none, the best superhero movie I've seen in the last 10
3: years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Th- oh, yeah. And easily. this is radar. Right, uh, and for me, this is right on par to, to me. There have been a lot of superhero films that I've liked, some that I didn't like. But there's only been two that I have said they got it right. Right. Batman Begins and Shazam. Right.
1: And, I, and I'll and i be honest. Having said that, it's the best one. I loved the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, "Oh my God, that was so fantastic!" Because I expected nothing mm-hmm. from that movie, right? And loved every single moment of it. That's another one that I bought the day it came out.
3: Chris Pratt carried that movie, A-
1: and now it's like I, Shazam's got to go right in front of Guardians oh, yeah. for me. Now it's oh, that yeah. good. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. I like I like how they stuck with the um, you know the, the new fifty two version of him, but the, still the had source e- material, but still had you know source material, Connect but still had park. elements yeah. of the current series in there. You know, like with the theme park,
3: right? So oh yeah, yeah. That that that's cool. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't personally go because I ain't trying to be freezing and no dog or sitting on no darn Ferris wheel, but you know, hey, to each his own.
1: So we're running out of time. Just want to make sure everybody out there knows that we've, uh, Madman's got his companion show, uh, Shot Monkey Radio, Tuesday nights at six o'clock. Enos has got a couple of Facebook pages out there Batman, Yesterday, Today, and Tomorrow, and the realm of superhero comics and pop culture. And then you can also reach us at Lost in the long Box at gmo.com. We're on Twitter at B one Man, there's too much crap to have to remember.
2: <laughs> and of course, our Facebook page, lost in the long Box.
1: Well, yes. And I'm starting to remember all of it. So until next time, I don't have it until next time. When do you guys come up with one? Until next time, we'll be down here wondering just how is Billy going to learn how to pee in that costume? Why, Enos?
3: Because we're lost <laughs> in the long box. <laughs> Good
2: night, everyone. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>